0: Welcome to the KickPod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters.
1: Hello, what's up, Rosie? <laughs> How are you? Um, I'm good. That was a bit of a rap. That was cool. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> changing it up. <laughs> 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 I'm really good. It's funny. We, um, I've had a funny day. One of those days, I think we've all been having it and we go into the podcast a little bit about it, but I had just a bit, bit down today. Just one of those days, which I think everyone's been having. But as soon as we started talking to the guests that we had on, I just, I don't know, I was like re-energised and mm. it was really awesome. So I, I feel really good now. I'm really happy that we got to um, and feeling grateful we got to have the chat we did. How about you? Mm. Oh.
0: Totally. Yeah, I'm the same. I think um, this morning when I woke up and the weather was so blur, I was like, oh, okay, let's get into the day and had, had a long day on the computer but um I did get out for a little walk I think midway through the day and that that definitely perked my energy up a little bit and now looking outside it looks like the weather has turned around a little bit so (laughs) I might try and go for another really quick walk I find that breaking up my day and just even if it's just sitting outside and having my lunch outside I just like need to have that fresh air I think
1: that's been helping me a little bit but I'm good what is your uh kick special share of the week well this is a revolutionary show you probably haven't heard of it mm. Mm, it's a new series no nah, kidding it's master you've probably heard of it <laughs> Yeah, I've heard they've come back like strong. Yes. So I think the reason I'm loving it so much is because for a while I felt there hasn't been much on TV for me to watch that's just like wholesome, feel good Mm -hmm. content that distracts you from all the news um, and is a nice break. And that is what MasterChef, I think, has served for us see is that do you call that a pun because they serve food yeah that was a good pun good on you (laughs) but I'm loving it and to be honest I actually didn't know what I'd think of it because they have new judges um Mm. and I I think the reason I love it so much though is because a lot of the old I mean the new judges are are great I think you have to get used to new judges like on all TV shows but the contestants because they're all um the what do you call them the the all-stars all-stars about to call them the the champions (laughs) the (laughs) all-stars of master chef like i love watching khan um hayden Mm. there's so many people on there i love poe i just it's so cool to watch them and it is just this level of like the first episode i don't know if you watched it but the level of skills in the plating and like the cooking Mm. is amazing so yeah i'm really enjoying it highly recommend what is yours
0: Um, mine is actually, we did it with our team the other day. It's playing trivia games with your friends over Zoom. I've really been enjoying it. I did it first with my high school group of friends and we all kind of go on Zoom and you pick someone to to pick all the questions for the rounds. And it was just, it was really fun because it just felt like, you know, one of those games that you do usually play in like a group situation or, um, you know, you obviously wouldn't really... I mean, I suppose you can play trivia by yourself online. Of course you can. But it's just that kind of fun, competitive little game. And um, it was just a nice way to see each other and have a bit of fun. So we ended up doing it with our own kick team for Friday afternoon Um, Catch up, And it was so fun. And,
1: yeah, I think we're doing it this week and Lawsie's turn for the questions. I'm very intrigued to see what you come up with. I have to say, I am not good at trivia. I think there there was 30 questions. I got three out of 30 because my (laughs) general knowledge of movies and things, I... That was, like, one... There was probably one third of it that was movie... I did the
0: questions, by the way, guys, if you're wondering why I'm so, like, protective (laughs) over the... (laughs) But it was, like, I tried to mix it up so there was, like, science general geography knowledge then there was movies and stuff but it was so funny because you know uh, you're someone who obviously didn't watch a lot of tv and and movies growing up so yeah a lot of the time (laughs) it was like no idea
1: What did you think Catty Heron from Mean Girls' Name was? Did you think it was Carrie? Carrie. I think you wrote Carrie. It was close. Yeah. And I have seen that (laughs) a lot of times, so that was embarrassing. I just don't have very good memory for that. (laughs) Anyway, the reason I love that also was because I feel like trying to coordinate Zoom, if anyone's tried it with more than four people, is hard. So it was like a really good way to see everyone, everyone like had a chat, but... We had fun and we learnt some things. Yeah. I learnt how yeah. many bones there were in the body.
0: And Lawsie, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob
1: SquarePants. I didn't know that, See, which is you, so embarrassing. That. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, that is enough of our special shares, I think, for the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but today, so this special guest that... We were referring to is Olivia Rogers, who is a friend, an amazing role model, a media personality and a speech pathologist. We spoke to her about her relationship with fear, happiness, her personal body image struggles and self-confidence. And we absolutely loved sitting down and chatting via Zoom with Liv and we hope you love it too. Before we get into this one, we do want to let you know there is reference to eating disorders in this chat. So if that is something that is triggering for you. we recommend um, that you switch it off. And of course, if you do need any support, you can always contact the Butterfly Foundation or Beyond Blue.
0: Hello,
2: Liv! Hey guys, how are you?
0: <laughs> We're good. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Um, you look very nice. I know the audience won't be able to see you, they'll just be listening. Oh, but you look very nice. That's very kind.
2: No, I feel like putting on a bit of colour. I'm wearing a very bright orange. Uh, I feel like it boosts my mood a bit so I was wearing a really drab grey shirt before this but I felt like changing it up for the pod. <laughs>
0: love it. Well thank you. It's brought a bit of a smile to my dad. Oh, How god. are you going at the moment in this time?
2: Good. I feel like most people um, are the same. It's very up and down. I have my good days where I'm like oh I actually love this and being at home is great and then other days I'm like oh god I'm so mm. over it. I can't wait for this to end um, but yeah it, it comes in waves for sure Oh can
0: can relate to that is at the moment um, what kind of plans had been changed for you what's it kind of put a stop for
2: so many things uh, mm. I think literally every aspect of my life has been impacted. We had so many weddings planned well for mm. other friends to go uh, and attend. A lot of them were in Perth. A lot of them were in Adelaide. Uh, there was one in Bali. Yeah. We had a lot of travel plans and a lot of wedding plans. So I'm feeling so much for those people who've had to postpone those. Um, and then with work, same sort of thing as I'm sure with you guys, like lots of events have been canceled. Shoots have been canceled. Um, yeah, just everything that can be online is online, but there's a lot of things that just can't be. So it's changed a lot. And with my speech work as well, like I'm I'm seeing some clients online, but some need face to face contact and we can't do that at the moment. So that's changed as well.
1: Yeah, it has been. We've been exactly the same. I think it's been really like highs and lows. You have days Mm. where you feel really good, as you said, and then you have those days where you just it's really harder, I think, mentally. How have you, I suppose, on the days where it has been a bit harder, how are you finding joy in this time?
2: That's such a good question. Uh, I feel like, honestly, it's the same as how I find joy in my usual life. Like, the only thing that's changed is that there's a pandemic going on, but I think that um, it doesn't actually change the way that I live my life in terms of trying to get through my anxiety and and find joy. So doing things that I love doing, which is exercise and, um, you know, it's so good for my mental health as well and talking to my loved ones. So that might be on FaceTime instead of uh, face-to-face, obviously, but that makes such a difference to me to me and my mood. And I'm painting lots, which I'm really enjoying because usually I don't have much time to do that. So that's been a really nice silver lining to what's going on at the moment.
0: Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people um getting their arts and crafts on. And I kind of wish that I went to the store. I'll have to do a bit of an online shop. I love making Christmas cards each year. And the last couple of years I really slacked off and, um, because it was something that I used to put in so much time and effort for. Yeah, and, and I, feel I just like I loved it. I've and seen now I feel you draw like before. I should do it.
2: You should. Yeah. <laughs> like I've seen you drawing cartoons or something maybe. Yeah. yeah, you should definitely do it. It's such a therapeutic thing to do. And I just listen to podcasts or audiobooks while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's such a nice way to switch off. Oh, yeah.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I'm sure. um So with this time where we're all kind of stuck in our own thoughts and um, our own battles. I'm sure we see it in the community. A lot of the girls have been bringing up, you know, um, body image issues and, and different things like that. And you've been so open on your social media about that in the past, which we, um, I mean, well done. And it's, it's really inspiring. And, and thank you for being so open with everyone about different stuff that you've gone through. Um, can you talk a little bit Thanks, about Steph. your journey that you've been through with your own relationship with your body image?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the reasons that I was so drawn to you guys when I first <laughs> heard about you because I I think that we've all had quite similar stories in that um, my body image issues sort of centred around modelling or that's kind of where it started. Um, I do think, though, that I had a kind of personality type that was uh, maybe prone to developing something like that or more susceptible Um, and things that happened in my childhood. Like I was a really insecure child. Um, I had a lot of family things that went on. My parents split up when I was young. I feel like there were, yeah, some risk factors maybe that led to my eating disorder, but uh, modelling was a bit of a catalyst. Um, So, yeah, I basically, long story short, because it is a very long story, um, but I was told when I was about 17 um, by my modelling agency that, to succeed. I had to get my hips under a certain measurement. Mm. And, you know, being young and naive and excited at the prospect of it all, I thought, oh, you know, what's a few centimetres to, um, you know, do well in modelling. It's something that I never thought I would do. And it was really flattering that someone thought that I could do that. So I thought I'd just uh, put myself to the challenge and lose a bit of weight. And I didn't really think much else of it at the time, but it became something that really spiraled because initially, you know, I could control it. And I think that's like a lot of people, how they start with an eating disorder. It is, uh, maybe starts as a diet and you cut out one thing or two things, and then you lose a bit of weight. And, you know, everybody was telling me how good I looked and, Mm uh, or how great and fit I looked. And and that's where it started. But eventually people started saying that I didn't look so good, but, um, Mm. but you know, to begin with, it was that positive feedback. And I was like, oh, well, this is, this is good. I'm doing well. And I was such a people pleaser. I still am unfortunately at times. Um, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing well at this. I'm going to keep going. So it became a bit of an addiction in a way. And then really spiraled into something that I couldn't control anymore.
0: Yeah, um, I think that that when it was almost like a trigger word when you started speaking about hip measurements, I, I cannot tell you how much I can relate to that story. Um, in that, I feel like I was I always had bigger hips as well, and that was like the one measurement that they always had an issue with. Yeah. <laughs> um, And it was just one of those things that um, unfortunately you totally forget. And laws you you always mention this, but you always forget that genetics have to come into into play here. And and for some reason, when you're a young model or just a young person in everyday life and you feel society's pressure, you know, it doesn't have to come from the modeling industry. You totally forget that genetics do exist and that we all have different lifestyles and different genetics. So you can't physically have the exact same body type as somebody else. So to, I think when you're in the modeling industry, you're, you're surrounded by, you know, the majority of other people in the same position of you do kind of have that body type and look that way because I mean, they have to, to, to be a model, especially back, back in the day. And so you don't understand why you can't get there or, you know, as you said, it was just like a no brainer to give it a go because it was an exciting opportunity. And it's just, it's really sad, but it's also, you know, so awesome that you've, you look like you've come out the other end.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, everybody sort of looks the same because you don't know that they might've been told to lose weight as well. You just assume Mm -hmm. that everybody is that way. So then I'm like, oh, well, I'm the one that stands out as being too big and different. So I've got to fit in with them. But a lot of the time, all those girls are going through the same experience too, but it just wasn't really something that was spoken about at the time. And I got to my smallest, you know, I was tiny at the time and, and exhausted all the time and freezing cold and I had hair growing like extra hair growing on my back and I was losing the hair on my head and I was so sick and I went into the agency and they were like you look amazing I was like this is so wrong like it's just not it's not right and that that was such a hard time because to know that you're doing something that isn't right but then also to be told that it's so great is just really confusing and I think um, really hard for young girls which is the scariest part because usually that's when girls uh, start modelling when they're around that age.
1: Yeah and I think for for all women I find that I think it's because of social media and society and diet culture mm. that we kind of are made to believe that once we get to a certain number on the scales once we get to a certain size then we'll be happy and then you get to that number or that size and then there's what we don't find out is that there's no point where our physical, you know, our weight on the scales or what we, our, the, you know, our hip measurement or whatever it might be, the size on our jeans actually brings us any joy because if it's coming from a place of insecurity, there's going to be more insecurities. And mm-hmm. I'd love to know, Liv, was there a moment for you Obviously, your agency said to you, you need to get to this size. Was there a moment when you got to that size and thought, I'm happy now? Or did that <laughs> moment not come and there was this more and more things
2: you wanted to change? Oh, my God. I, it was like the polar opposite. Mm. Uh, I think it more goes hand in hand that the skinnier you get, the more unhappy you become. Because well, when it's an unhealthy um, mm. method, mm. I think at my skinniest, I was diagnosed with depression. So it literally is um, yeah, that just goes to show that it doesn't bring you happiness whatsoever. I was withdrawn at the time. I didn't want to go out and socialize with my friends because I meant eating food that I, um, didn't want to eat or, you know, thought I couldn't eat. Um, I didn't even really want to see my family because they would always tell me how I was too skinny and they'd bring it up and I didn't want to talk about it. So I didn't want to see anyone really. Um, it was affecting my uni. I was studying, uh, in my first year that year when I was really sick and it was affecting that. Um, it was literally impacting every aspect of my life and all in negative ways. There wasn't, I never looked at myself and thought, oh, well it's all okay because I'm skinny. (laughs) There was, there was Mm. nothing about it that was positive. And I remember buying a pair of jeans that was the smallest size I'd ever bought. And I was like, this is so weird because I always thought that I would be happy when I got to this size or if I bought I, – you know, if I was that size in – I remember there were sass bar jeans. There were these, like, hot pink assassin bar jeans and I should have been excited and it should have brought me happiness because I was buying something with my own money that I would saved up for And but I was not excited at all and they were tiny and they were baggy and they looked bad because I was so sick. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there was not – there was no moment of satisfaction with how I looked and how far I'd come or anything like that. And also I lost all this weight and then my agency were like, okay, now we're going to dye your hair and cut it. I was like, what? So, so I've got to hmm. change my body and how that looks and now I've got to change my hair. Like they weren't happy either ever with how I looked. So yeah, so it just, um, I don't think that was ever going to happen. I
1: think it's so important though that it's so amazing as i said that you you speak about this so openly live because I think especially touching on what you said before you lost contact with your family and you you know mm. you didn't want to socialize as much I think so often we're told that things like getting abs firstly as we always talk about genetically some people aren't really going to get abs unless they do extreme and it's like at what expense you yeah. know how how important is it to, we, we always say this like you're not gonna you know what you know hopefully we all live to where when we're 100 and when we're 100 and we pass away all of us touch wood, hopefully we're that old, um, but no one is going to be standing up at our funeral and saying, you know, this Liv, she had great abs. You know, yeah. that is not why people remember us. That is not our work. I mean, and they I think- might say
2: that about Steph because Steph does have amazing abs <laughs> and she always will. I think even when Steph's 100, she will have great abs, <laughs> along with oh other God. things, of course, but I think that that might be part of Steph's. <laughs>
1: But I think the best thing with Steph and and something that's so important is like for Steph's abs, Steph doesn't you know stop socializing or you know or deprive herself or over exercise. Yeah. Like that's just the way that obviously you obviously said
2: you do work uh, really I, hard and you train. Yeah,
0: but I had a, I have an eight year eight year old photo of myself doing a dance in a crop top and I had abs. Yeah, like when and I was I, eight. I love so. that you
2: always refer back to that, Steph. You always say that it is genetics for you. Like it's not because you restrict yourself, and it's not because mm. of anything else than i mean like you said Laura she works very hard too but it but it is like it's a lot to do with genetics and yeah. and you can't it's like we were saying before with hips our hips like it was always something for me that i was told to change but you know that's bone for me and my hips were made to um have a womanly shape which a lot of us were and that's how it's supposed to be and i think i spent so many years trying to change that and you literally can't so mm. I think the sooner you learn to accept that, the the much easier it is. Yeah, absolutely. And what is your relationship like now with your body, Live. Oh, it's so different. And it's amazing because it is uh, – I don't often look back and think about how far I, I have come, I suppose. Like I think I often look back because I have conversations like this where I need to talk about what I went through and I'll look back and think about that but I don't really think about the whole journey. I don't really like that word, but (laughs) it is a journey. Um, But, yeah, I think how I am with my body now, I'm so nice to it. Um, I appreciate it. I love that I am able to go for long runs and do the exercise that I want to do and, you know, do simple things like walk to the shops or walk to a cafe when we're not in lockdown. Um, (laughs) But you know i appreciate it for what it is and also for the fact that it didn't shut down on me after the hell mm-hmm. that i put it through like i'm so grateful that my body um came through all of that because i really did treat it terribly and for so many years not just that year that i was sick with anorexia but i uh, after that that developed into bulimia so it was about 5 years and i think part of my fear of coming out of that was like oh well my body's going to be screwed anyway so you know what's the point but that isn't the case. My bodies, our bodies are so resilient and they're so strong and thankfully they put up with a lot. (laughs) So yeah, I think my relationship now is that I, I love my body and I'm just so grateful for it. I think that's a beautiful
0: message. I think anyone that might be struggling at the moment or, or maybe coming out of an eating disorder might feel that feeling of, you know, it's, this is, I'm always going to be screwed, you know, I might not be in in as bad a position as I once was, but I'll never be good again. It's nice to know that whilst it can be a long journey, um, there is, you know, happy endings. You can get through it. Um, What about you know, a lot of the time our body image, um, insecurities and and stuff can really tolerate with like how confident we feel in just day-to-day things.
2: What's your self-confidence like and how's that changed over the years? I'm so confident. And that's something as well that I never thought I would be. I was really insecure, like I said, as a kid and, um, I remember the, the perfect example is probably drama class. Like I would sit at the back in the corner of drama class because I was like, if they have to pick me to do any kind of demonstration, <laughs> I will die. <laughs> and also public speaking. I remember holding my, um, my notes for speeches and shaking so much that I thought the only thing people would be able to hear was the paper like fluttering on the microphone. Like I was terrified of public speaking. I just cared so much about what people thought. And that was my, my biggest fear was people telling me that I wasn't enough or that I didn't do a good job, um, at whatever it was. And yeah, I, I am now just so confident. And I think that a lot of that does come with age. I think, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you work out who you are and what your priorities are and you stop caring about a lot of other things. Um, But I think, too, that has come with learning to love my body for what it is and and not be so hard on myself. I think it has a lot to do with positive self-talk and, you know, being kind to my body, not just with my positive self-talk, but in the way that I look after it. So sleeping and exercising and and eating nourishing foods, I think they all make such an impact. And it sounds pretty basic and, and like common knowledge, but I think a lot of us, struggled to do that when we're younger. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And do you find that you still go through days where you doubt yourself?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think days. I'd say moments. Um, I think awesome. in the past there would be days probably, like there'd be longer periods where I was really struggling. But now they're more thoughts or, like I said, moments. So I might think, oh, you know, what if I um, put this out there and nobody likes it or... Um, what else freaks me out? I don't know. Do a speech and I stuff up and I, or I cry in a podcast. God, that's happened so many times. And and (laughs) it doesn't matter. Like you have those moments of self-doubt. Um, but I think being so confident in myself now and, and knowing that really the only opinions that matter of me, are my own and the people that I care about, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't matter so much anymore. And I liked, you guys said with your chat, um, your chat with Abby, I know she said something like, you don't care anymore. Like, or you realise, Laura, I think you said that you do that thing and you realise that nothing happens. Like, it's Mm. mainly positive on the other side. Mm. So I think, you know, the more you put yourself out there, the more you learn and the less scary it becomes. You also speak so openly about your struggles with anxiety.
0: Mental health is obviously something that... I'm so happy to be seeing more conversations around it. I think particularly in times like these, how have you found your anxiety during this time? Has it heightened at all during isolation?
2: Yeah, it has to be honest. I I feel like um, it's the same as the good and the bad days. It comes in waves. Uh, it gets triggered by different things. Um, mm-hmm. My sleep's been impacted massively. I find that I'm exhausted during the day, even when I haven't done that much. And then I put my head on the pillow at the end of the day and I can't go to sleep. Like I'm lying there just staring at the ceiling, listening to Justin snore and <laughs> and just can't go to sleep. And that's been really difficult because I know one of, you know, over the years of having anxiety, I've figured out what my triggers are and, and when my anxiety peaks, I suppose, And not getting enough sleep is a massive one for me. So it's really hard because I'm lying there being like, go to sleep, go to sleep. And I just can't. Um, But yeah, I think it's important all the time, but particularly now that we're checking in with ourselves and doing the things that we need to do to stay mentally strong. And it's all those things that I mentioned before. I sound like a bit of a broken record, I think, but sleeping and eating well and, and exercising and making sure that we do stay socially connected i think a lot of people um tend to become a bit withdrawn when they're feeling down Uh, but you've got to push past that feeling and do the complete opposite because social connection is so important for mental health um yeah i'm sure you guys well laura you said too like you were feeling a bit flat before you got on the podcast and then knowing that you had people to chat to and Um, something to look forward to. It makes a big difference. So I think planning phone calls is, yeah, it's a really important thing.
1: Do you find that social media impacts your anxiety or are you able to separate it, I suppose, from your mental health?
2: Yeah, I can separate it. I think I'm really lucky with my relationship with social media. I think it can be so negative and it can have a really detrimental effect on people. But for me, I think for young girls, the, the hardest part is often comparisons. But being in the position that we're in, a lot of the people that you you would be maybe comparing yourself to, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> you you know them as a person and you don't look at them so much as, um, I guess, someone who's completely unattainable or unrealistic because you meet them in person and we're all just a bunch of humans just trying to, <laughs> trying to do the right yeah. thing. So I think that changes it for me um, as well. Having done Miss Universe, you know, I met some of the most stunning, amazing women in the world. And I had to get past that comparison mm-hmm. because if I compared myself to them, I would have felt awful because they were all beautiful, but we were all so beautiful in different ways, I think. And that's like what you've got to remember when you're on social media too. Um, and know as well that our worth is so much more than just the exterior. But yeah, I think coming back to your question, I, yeah, I have a positive relationship with it. And I think that too is because I am so open on there. I'm not really scared to put anything out there, which is kind of empowering in a way. Mm. What do you like to see on social media? I like to see like you guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Literally though, I sound like a fangirl. I love what you post. I, I think that all of us have very similar morals and similar... Goals in what we want to achieve in terms of helping younger girls, and I think since we also went through similar things with our body, um, I like to see people putting that to use. And same with Abby Chatfield and girls that are just, or Kate Was, Kate Wosley. I love her. Mm. Um, people that are just open and honest and share the good and the bad and they're not afraid to just be themselves I think that is the content that I love to see and I think that's why I have a good relationship with social media because I've just chosen to fill my feed with that sort of positivity.
1: Yeah I love that so much are you ever I'm guessing that the answer to this is going to be a no but are you ever scared about being so open about your life on social media?
2: No <laughs> um <laughs> I think When it comes to my mental health, that was scary initially because once you put it out there, you can't really take it back. And I know, Steph, that you've shared some things before about binge eating and I'm sure you felt similar in that there's this big build-up to it and it's quite Mm -hmm. terrifying beforehand. But then once you put it out there, the amount of kindness you receive back and then the amount of girls that tell tell you how grateful they are for what Mm. you share... It makes it all worth it and it completely, the fear completely dissipates after that because you're like, okay, well, it's worth it. So I think, yeah, like I said before, the more you put out there, the kind of easier it becomes because there's just nothing to hide anymore. Like I don't have anything to hide. I think there are aspects of my life that I always want to keep private and that's more to do with the other people. Well, yeah, Mm. the other people in my life, not necessarily... Mm me because I have shared so much but you know my relationship with Justin or my relationship with my family like I share bits and bobs but most of it is their story and it's their privacy so mm. yeah there, there are definitely um lines that I won't cross but when it comes to myself no I'm not really afraid to share anything I love that that's really good I'm I'm glad to hear that but what is there anything
0: that does scare you what what are you kind of afraid of
2: I think if you ask me, uh, when I won Miss Universe, I don't know if you remember, Laura, I was so grateful, but you, I reached out to you cause I was like, Oh, I don't know what to do with a social media following. This is terrifying. I and remember. Laura <laughs> caught up with me. We went to legacy and had a coffee <laughs> and I was just so grateful. Cause I was like, I was terrified. I didn't know what mm. to do with social media and suddenly having this following and, and this responsibility. Um, mm. but I think now, having been so open and being myself, I'm not afraid of anything because, like I said before, the only opinions that really matter to me are mine and my close friends and family. And as long as I know that I'm doing things with the right intention, then it's okay. But like you guys have said, also, I think sometimes you have the right intention, but You might not have worded it exactly how you should have and that can be really hard that's kind of scary because Mm. you don't want people to take things the wrong way but I think Mm -hmm. that just comes with the responsibility that we have that we have to be so careful with what we put out there because if we want to spread the right message then it's got to be done the right way yeah
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely I think that's something we all go through and I think especially because you care so much and I think because live everything you put out there you put it out because you care about others and you want to help others. I think that's where that tiny fear comes from of wanting to make sure people always know that you have the right intention, but that absolutely shines through in all of your posts. You have an amazing career. I suppose you have two amazing careers. One is that you are incredible media personality. Um, and you have, so many ambassador roles and you do so much as well as on social media and then you're also a speech pathologist which is so cool why is it so important to you to keep doing your speech pathology
2: that was very kind thank you um i (laughs) i feel like it is just i've kind of got an alter ego i said to justin like some days when i come home from a work a, a day at speech uh at the clinic uh, I'm like, this is just, it could not be more different to the work that I do on the other side. Like the week of um, Fashion Week, and that was just before everything sort of got shut mm. down. But I, I have this client that I see and it's a home visit and he is profoundly autistic. He's nonverbal. And so we work a lot of the time outside of, in the dirt because he likes playing with dirt and often I help him to eat a banana and he squished the banana in his hands and then put it on my hair, like mushed it through my hair. And so I left with like crusty mashed banana in my hair and I and the next day I was on the runway for Priceline uh, for <laughs> Vamp and I was like this just could not be more different. But I think that's what I love about it is having – Um, I guess it helps me to keep a really good perspective on Mm. everything because, you know, if I, for example, this doesn't really happen, but you know, you might go to a shoot and you're told to wear something that you don't really want to wear. I'm like, Oh, I don't really want to wear that. Like I don't feel comfortable in that. And then the next day I'm working with a family who's going through serious family trauma and they've got all these massive issues. And it just really puts those other things into perspective. I'm like, none of my issues are that severe um, and it helps me to remember that. But also I just love helping the kids. I love working with children. I get to meet so many amazing families and and it's been really nice getting back into it because I didn't yeah. practice for a while. Like during Miss Universe, I, I wasn't practicing. Um, but yeah, I got back into it last year and I'm I'm absolutely loving it. It
0: sounds like it would be so incredibly rewarding and even just watching you speak about it, you can tell there's that passion there and it it must be one thing that that keeps you grounded. I think in, I mean, obviously we're all very lucky to live that other lifestyle Um, and there's so many exciting opportunities and um, stuff to be grateful for. But it is true if that's, you know, all you are doing all the time, you can get lost in it Um, and you can find things to complain about just like anyone doing anything. So I think it's really beautiful that you do have something else that kind of, brings you back to the real world I suppose. Yeah. And I think it's really beautiful. <laughs> Thanks Jeff.
2: Yeah I think I think you'll find the same too Laura like I don't know what you want to do when you finish your degree but when you put some so much effort into something like I my speech degree was four years and it was an intense course and then I was doing all of this fabulous ambassador work but a lot of the time I'd come home and I was like I don't feel that fulfilled and I don't feel that challenged and I think you guys having keep it cleaner and and all of the amazing ventures that you have, I'm sure you feel very fulfilled because you've got your community and you're always getting this amazing feedback from girls who appreciate what you do so much. I think I was really missing that. Like there were times where I'd speak publicly and, uh, you know, particularly about my anxiety or my eating disorder. And that's when I would get that sort of feeling because I'm like, okay, I'm helping someone. Or when you get a lovely DM and they've told me that, you know, a post maybe a year ago really helped them with something. That means a lot to me. But other than that, I was finding it was a bit like Groundhog Day and I was doing the same sort of events, with the same sort of people, which is lovely and great, but I just wanted a bit more. So I feel like speech pathology has filled that hole for me. Mm, that's really beautiful. What's your relationship and thoughts on happiness? Hmm, that's a good one. I <laughs> Happiness, I think, is, you know, the ultimate goal, although it's just not attainable. I think thinking that we're going to be happy all the time or aiming Mm. to be happy all the time is just not realistic. And it sounds a bit driven drab to say that or a bit depressing to say that we're not going to be happy all the time. But I think the sooner you accept that, the happier you Mm -hmm. become uh, because you're not always striving to be happy. And it kind of comes back to what we were talking about before with planning to lose X amount of kilos or change your measurements or whatever it is because you think that when you reach that, you'll be happy and then you get there and you're not happy. I think if we're always chasing happiness, then we never actually feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think for me it's finding joy and happiness in the little things and, you know, lying down at the end of a big day and just – enjoying how comfortable your bed is or (laughs) sitting down with a coffee and enjoying that coffee and that moment or hanging out with your dog. I know you guys love your dogs as much as I love mine and (laughs) enjoying those walks or just those chilled moments. I think finding happiness in those little things, it is a bit cliche, but I think that's, that's what we need to aim for.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's so important. I think so often we think that, I suppose, just like with physical appearance, that when we get to a certain place or a certain, I suppose, outcome is going to make us feel happy. But I think the way you just put it is so beautiful because happiness comes from small moments in every single day. And obviously, there's going to be some days are going to have more and some days are going to have less. But I think it's up to us to try and find it and not wait I suppose that end destination.
2: I think too, it's if we put that pressure on ourselves to find happiness in things we're doing in terms of work or big life events, like say, for example, your wedding, Steph, and (laughs) you know, I've got a wedding coming up, hopefully this year, but we'll see how everything goes uh, with Corona. Um, But yeah, if you put all your, all of your happiness into the build up to something big, then once that comes, like, yes, you enjoy it still, but after that, you have a massive low because you're like, well, what now? Like, what do I have to look forward to now? I think Mm -hmm. you need to find the joy in the little things. Otherwise, you're always going to come crashing down after something really major.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, Have you or what have actually you learned about yourself this year? Or I suppose this year has been quite short. So over the past year,
2: This year doesn't feel short, though. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It feels so long. Uh, I guess in the past, I'll say in the past three years because it's almost been three years since uh, I won Miss Universe and that was a massive, pivotal moment in my life because Mm -hmm. I think prior to that I just saw myself as being a speech pathologist and maybe continuing to do some modelling and stuff, but that really changed my path. So mm-hmm. I think over that time, I've learned that I'm much more resilient than I thought I was. Uh, I'm really grateful that I never fell back into my old eating disordered habits. That was something that I was really scared of. So yeah, I think I've learned that I'm resilient, which has been mm. been really nice.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And what about like looking into the future other than your wedding, which is going to happen. I've got all my fingers and toes crossed (laughs) for you. Thank you. Um, That must be so exciting having that to look forward to. Other than than that sort of thing, what's your goals for the next few years?
2: I've never been the type of person to say, you know, in two years I will have achieved this and in four years I'll have achieved this because I just don't think it's realistic and also with my history with my eating disorder and my mental health, it's not very good for me to put that kind of pressure on myself. So I like to sort of take things as they come and and Mm. say yes to the opportunities that come my way. Uh, I think that that's a nicer way to live and and almost more exciting because you don't really know what's going to happen. I do see myself still being a speech pathologist because I do get so much joy out of that. And with my other work, hopefully just continuing to make as much of a positive impact as I can, whatever that looks like. Oh,
1: (laughs) That's so nice and I mean, that's what you do every day. So that will obviously definitely continue. And to finish off, um, if you could give yourself or your 18 year old self a piece of advice, what would it be?
2: That's a really good one because when I was 18 was around the time that I developed my eating disorder I'd probably tell the woman who told me to lose weight to get stuffed. Um, (laughs) You could probably use more abrasive language than that, I think, considering the impact she made on you. (laughs) True, but I don't want to use that on the kick pod. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's one thing. But in saying that, I actually don't have any regrets and I am grateful, as weird as it might sound, that I went through that experience because it has made me as strong as I am now. I think I would have told my younger self to stop trying to be friends with people that you don't actually like. I spent a lot of time mm-hmm. hanging out with people that weren't a great influence on me uh, because I thought that I should be friends with them. And I think that's something that comes with age. You work out that you, mm-hmm. you should surround yourself with people that you genuinely like and people that bring you joy. And I wish I figured that out a bit earlier. But other than that, no real regrets. Um, everything happens for a reason, I think, as hard as it may seem at the time. i love that
0: no it's it is some of the toughest journeys can be um the things that really shape you as a person so that's really awesome that you said that and yeah when it comes to the whole friendship thing i totally agree i think as you get older you realize it's all about quality over quantity when it comes to friendships that's a good piece of advice definitely
2: (laughs) yeah i think moving interstate was um was a good way to figure that out as well i moved here three years ago to melbourne Um, and I love going back to Adelaide but the difference is now when I go back I catch up with the people that I really want to make the time for so yeah you stop having friendships out of convenience or because you think you should but more so because you genuinely want to spend time with those people. Yeah that's
1: so nice it is it's hard I think it's hard for all of us to navigate adult friendships and it's something that comes through as a question's quite often um in the community because it is something that I suppose at school as you said it's a convenience friendship and obviously we we love our friends but it's because we go to the same school and we choose the same subjects but then as an adult it becomes so much harder and I think you're right Libby it is a journey on learning you know what's important and what's not and I don't think there's a rule book yeah, um, I think it's just, yeah, navigating it and trying to work out what's best for you. So it's so good Definitely. that you've done that. Thanks, Laura. Well, thanks so much
0: for joining us. My I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: I'm glad. So did I. It was so nice to chat to you guys. I feel like a lot of the time when we see each other, it's always quick combos or, um, you know, a quick how are you, but we never get to really talk about those things. So thanks for having me. It was It was really good. Well, we hope
0: you guys enjoyed that chat. I certainly did. She was just an absolute joy to chat to. Um, And she wore this beautiful orange jumper. And I just, it's funny. I think, you know, when you're in isolation, we keep going into, you know, your trackies and your comfy clothes and everything like that. But the moments that I have dressed up or I have worn something colourful, it really does kind of brighten your mood a little bit. And obviously it brightens other people's moods, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) thanks Liv for getting dressed up for us was nice. Um obviously we will be back next Wednesday with another episode for the Kick Pod. And remember, we have got our lives. So we've just posted the new schedule for live workouts. Laura and I will obviously this is Wednesday, this is coming out Wednesday, so we would have had one this morning, but you can find it if you've missed it um, on our Keeper Cleaner Facebook page, along with all the other lives we've been doing during the last couple of weeks.
1: And if you would like to follow our beautiful guest today, which we highly recommend, you can find her at Olivia Molly Rogers. And if you want to follow us, if you want, you don't have to. We would recommend following leave first. Um, it is nice. Liv and then Steph. No, then keep it cleaner. You don't have to follow me. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, oh <laughs> don't know where I'm going with this one. Uh, you can find us at Steph Claire Smith keep it cleaner and laura.henshaw is my instagram and our website is www.keepitcleaner.com.au and that's enough for today so we'll see you next week (laughs) (laughs) bye bye guys